You know, it is a great problem to have that the people of God want to be together and connect with one another and uh, welcome newcomers to our midst. So I'm thankful for uh, the way that you all engage those who walk in from all different places. Um, This morning we begin uh, the liturgical season of Advent. We're not a specifically liturgical church, um, but all around the world, Christians uh, who name Jesus as Lord like we do, uh, begin today the celebration of Advent, which is just a fancy English from Latin word meaning we, uh, uh, the coming. We're waiting for the coming of Jesus. We're celebrating the rebirth, as it were, of Jesus within us in his, as a community. We're looking forward to, this, to the celebration of the a pivotal event in human history when God came from heaven to be as one of us, to represent us, to reclaim uh, life and health and salvation on our behalf that we might live eternally. And we look forward to that during the season of Advent. Um, And so the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about themes of Advent, broad themes. Uh, This morning, um, I want to talk about hope. Hope is uh, expectancy. It's joyful longing. It's certainty. Christian hope is that uh, reality within us that what we know we need and long for will certainly be ours. Christian hope is different than the hope you have when you're thinking about Christmas, you know. I hope I get a... What's the biggest TV out there? Steve, 60, 70? 90-inch I hope I get a 90-inch Aquas, <laughs> which wouldn't fit in my living room. <laughs> Christian hope is different than I hope I get something for Christmas. Chris, uh, Christian hope is, is much deeper than that. Not that those aren't good things that we hope for and good gifts that we give to one another. But the hope of the believer is that God will certainly be faithful to his promise to deliver to us what we don't deserve because we desperately need it. That's hope. Who feels a little undeserving this morning? Who feels a little longing in their hearts for something that's unfulfilled? The, the Advent is all about recognizing that it's coming. And we talk a lot in the church about the now and the not yet. That hope is a part of that not yet of the kingdom. And yet the certainty what, that, God, that what God wants to give and what we need will be delivered to us. Jesus will be born again within us. So I want to uh, look at three scriptures this morning relatively briefly about hope. And these might be scriptures that uh, they're not your standard hope scriptures. Um, So uh, if you have a Bible, you can pull it out. Uh, Some of these will be on the screen. Um, Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6. The writer to the Hebrews says this, We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. This this is, I I, I plucked this right out of a very confusing context in Hebrews 6. And I'm not going to go into the context. Other than it's all about Jesus and good stuff. Okay, trust me on that one. But the hope here 
regardless of the context, is the gift of God to the believer. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And here, this word for soul, this Greek word for soul, it means our whole being. It doesn't just mean our spiritual life. Sometimes I think we can go along through life saying, Jesus is the anchor of my spiritual life. Well, that's perfectly true, but not completely true. Jesus is not just the anchor of your spiritual life. Jesus is the anchor of your physical life and your emotional life and your vocational life and your physical life and every part of your life. We don't have to separate God from the wholeness of our reality. Jesus is the anchor of our beings. Not just what we think of as our spiritual parts, our soul. That sounds ethereal. Jesus is the anchor of your being. Everything that you are, he longs to be the anchor for that. What does an anchor do? An anchor keeps a boat uh, secure or safe in a harbor. You know, you usually think of an anchor required in a storm, right? And some of you are there. You're in a storm. And you feel like you are starting to be moved by the winds and the waves of adversity in your life. And you, and you know, praise God, you have an anchor in Jesus. But Jesus is the anchor of the Christian soul and of our being, not just in the storms of life, but in the nighttime of life. So I think maybe many more of us are not in a stormy season, but we're in a dark season. We're in a hidden season. The Lord spoke to me some time ago. He said, Randy, this, these were his exact words. He said, I've got you covered. And my first thought was good. He's not going to let me screw up. I got you covered. My second thought was, I've got you covered. No, you are not going to be anywhere where I don't want you now. You know, I think some of us are looking for a place in the world where God's not yet asked us to be because we have a sense of calling or destiny within us and people affirm, man, you have this calling, this destiny, this, you're going to, I mean, fill in the blank. And you know that it's true and your longing desires to make it happen on your own. And God has anchored you in a place. And he said, you know what? It's nighttime. You can't see rest. So I want some of you to take that as God's word for you this morning. Rest. The storm, yes, Jesus is the anchor for your soul. But in the nighttime when you're not supposed to be moving, you're anxious to make ground in your life, right? But God has just said, rest, recuperate, be at peace. Then Jesus is the anchor for your soul. The, the scripture, it's an interesting word. It says, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us, may be greatly encouraged. This is not passive. You know, like hope, when we talk about it, I think a lot of times is passive. Well, I hope it works out. Well, I hope I don't screw up. Well, I hope I win the lottery. <laughs> Anybody here win that? Because 10% of... No. <laughs> No, it's a different kind of hope. It's not a passive hope that the writer of the Hebrews is talking about. It's not passive. I hope it'll all work out for me. 
It says we who have fled to the hope. I mean, that is a picture of a desperate person in the jaws of death running to a savior. And that's a more accurate picture of those who of us who have been uh, called and clung to Christ. We have fled to the hope that is the anchor of our soul. And I think that the work of the enemy so often in the lives of the believers is to try to pull us from that anchor. And, and the enemy wants to say, you know what, I've got a much better foundation for you. I've got the foundation of your vocational security. I've got the, voca- the, the foundation of your, your intellectual ability. I've got the foundation of your relational capacity, of your, of your family system, of your material possessions, of, of whatever it might be. The enemy wants to pull us from the anchor that is Jesus for our whole beings. And I just want to encourage you with the proper response to the enemy. Flee to grab hold of the hope that is set before you and be greatly encouraged. If there's any way that the enemy of your soul, your whole being, is pulling you away and asking you to put, uh, to put down in your life as an anchor anything but Jesus, you repent. For you, it's the Christmas gift of repentance to go back and say, I've made my foundation something else. So let me get kind of down and dirty for, for some here. Some have made the... Some have made the foundation of your life a relationship, even a husband and wife relationship. And something's happened in your relationship and you realize that the foundation is not as strong as you thought it was. And you don't know what to do. And what you want to do is you want to flee the person. You don't flee the person. You just flee the fact that you've taken them and made them the foundation of your life. And you go back to Jesus. And you look at your spouse And you say, you know what? I'm not sure if I trust you as the foundation of my life, but I trust God in you as the foundation of our marriage. There's a big difference. When we start trusting God in one another, we will uh, realize the security of of a relationship based in his grace. When we count on each other for our emotional needs in a relationship, we just yank at each other. You know what I'm trying to say? Jesus is the anchor of your soul and the anchor of your relationships and the anchor of your life. So what the writer to the Hebrews says is those of us who flee, that is don't run, don't walk, flee with everything back to Jesus. He's the anchor of your whole being. It's not faith that keeps us secure. It's hope. Faith is what moves us forward. So if you think of it like this, if you've ever been rock climbing or if you've ever watched someone rock climb, um, faith is like your arms, okay? Faith is moving forward, grabbing onto something that seems beyond your reach and, and you need some other power to do it is what you feel like. Hope is the rope around your body. Hope is what allows you to extend yourself in faith, knowing that if you can't quite make it, you're not going to fall. And that's why the the scripture says that hope, Jesus is the the anchor of our soul. It's hope as the anchor. Faith moves us forward to do what only God can do through us. Hope keeps us secure so that we won't fall. 
if your hope is in your own arms when you're rock climbing, you know, <laughs> you're going to fall. But if you can move forward in faith and your hope is in that rope, man, you can do anything because you know that um, it will never let you fall. And that's the hope we have as believers. Hope is the anchor of your soul. And hope is the inheritance of your life. Zechariah 9.12. Anyone got that one they can quote? Zechariah 9.12. And again, it's a relatively complicated context in Zechariah. It's a minor prophet in the Old Testament. And there's talk of this sort of pre-fulfilled movement of God with the people of Israel. And then this coming fulfillment when Jesus the Messiah will come and make all things peaceful. And right in the middle of that, right between the now and the not yet, the prophet says, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Isn't that an interesting phrase? You ever think of yourself as a prisoner of hope? When you put your faith in Jesus, you decided that you would rather be a slave to the righteous one than a slave to your sin. You said, you know what? My sin has only kept me in bondage. I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to take the righteousness of Christ. And now I'm going to be a slave to righteousness for Jesus' sake. You know what it means? There are things you don't get to do as a Christian that you could do as a non-Christian. Holiness is a choice. It's a command. We're prisoners of hope. We're bound to God by hope. It's our destiny. It's our inheritance. And I wonder if in the same way that we look for a different foundation sometimes other than Jesus as the anchor of our souls, we sometimes want to squirm out of our loving captor's hands. We say, Jesus, you are holding me just a little too tight here. You know, you've reined me in just a little too much. I'd like to go out and experience a little bit more. And we press against the loving arms of Jesus who never keeps us in captivity for bondage's sake, but always for freedom's sake. You know, there is a captivity that's for safety and not for bondage. You know, when, when um, you've got a two-year-old <laughs> and you put him on one of those things that looks like a dog leash, I've seen those, you know, that's not captivity to keep them in bondage. That's safety. Thank you. That's safety. And, and that is Jesus with us. I don't want you to, to, have you, to, you to have the picture of we're dogs on a leash with God. But we are toddlers in the kingdom, every single one of us. And Jesus just says, you know what? I'm going to let you go as far as is safe for you. And then you're going to feel my loving pull. And that's what makes us prisoners of hope. I like the thought. I want to be kept captive by hope. We hear a lot about being uh, prisoners of despair or captive to despair. Well, why don't we just forsake that? You know, leave despair to the rest of the people of the world. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's beloved son. And we've become prisoners of hope. So what if we walked with our chains of hope into the world? And we said at the Christmas party, Yeah, I'm free to do that if I want, but I won't. I'm a prisoner of hope. I don't need the false hope that that brings. I don't need the false joy that that brings. I don't need whatever it is. I'm a prisoner of hope. 
Want to come into my cage? Do you, do you want to know what it feels like to be held safely by the eternal one? I mean, that's my prayer for us. Just because you're giving lots of amens, I'm going to jump on that one. That this Christmas season, we would walk in the world as prisoners of hope. That we would actually rejoice in the chains of Jesus and not hide them in shame. But say, you know what? Yeah, I belong to someone. <clears throat> that's really fun. Hope is your rightful place. We've been redeemed to serve. Hope is the inheritance of the children of God. And so Paul in Ephesians 1 says this. Ephesians chapter 1. The other Ephesians that's not Zechariah. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. What's the hope? The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Hope for the Christian is your inheritance. Do you know what inherent, an inheritance is? It's funny, someone on the worship team was talking about inheritance right before we came out here. He had no idea what I was going to talk about. Inheritance means, some, means you own something. It's yours. No one can take it away. You're just not walking in its fullness yet. Hope is that for the believer. We hold something. Hope is our inheritance. It's, it's got our name on it. Anyone out there who says, you know what, I can't hope, I can't find hope, it's not mine, I'm destined to despair, is listening to the enemy. Because hope is your inheritance. J.B. Phillips, translator uh, from the 60s, says it this way. And this is my prayer, that God will give you spiritual wisdom and the insight to know more of him, that you may receive that inner illumination of the Spirit. That is the Spirit revealing what's already present in you. Not something extra given, but the Spirit revealing what's already present in you. Which will make you realize how great is the hope to which he's calling you. The magnificence and the splendor of the inheritance promised to Christians. Hope is our inheritance. You get it. It came with the entrance fee paid by Jesus. No one is outside of hope if they're inside of Christ. So that's a legal prayer. It's a legal prayer to say, God, I can't see hope, but I know you've given it to me. Now, Holy Spirit, come and let me know more of you and give me that inner illumination. Shine the light inside my spirit so I can find in that dark place the hope that wants to light my my life up. That's a legal prayer this Christmas for you. God, turn on the light on the hope that's within me because it's my inheritance. Despair is not your inheritance. Despair is what the enemy will bring at you because he's so afraid that you'll find out who you are. And when you find out who you are, (laughs) the world's in trouble because you know what the, the mystery of all the ages? The mystery of all the ages? You know what it is? Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we find that out and start to walk that out as prisoners of hope, the world's going to be changed. The world's going to be changed because lights of hope are going to pop on in soul after soul after soul after soul. And all of a sudden, we'll look at the world and we'll say, it's not as dark as we thought. 
It's getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And that's our inheritance. Finally, the hope, uh, the door to hope is humility. It was so fun until he said that. (laughs) The door to hope is humility. And here's what I mean by that. To remain anchored in hope, you have to be willing to recognize that you need the anchor. As long as we think we can do it, whatever it is in our own strength, we can't do it. And you are saying to me, Ah, but Randy, what about Philippians 3, 14? I can do all things. I'll just remind you of the rest of the verse. Through Christ who gives me strength. As as soon as we believe the lie of the enemy that we can do it on our own, we can't do it. As soon as we recognize that we're unable, we're absolutely able. It's this strange, upside-down kingdom reality of when we are weak, then we are strong. His grace is sufficient because in our weakness, he shows his strength. And that's why I say humility is the doorway to hope. It's when you come to God and say, I can't do it. I can't fix my life. I can't figure out where to go. I don't know what to do. I, 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 can't, I can't fix the relationships around me. I can't control my addiction. It's when we get to that point and say, I really can't do it. Then the door of hope opens up. And Jesus is over there. He's like, I got you covered. I'll do that one. I can do all of that in you and through you. The question is, will we be content with partnership with the king? Like, are we okay going through our lives as partners of the king? Or do we want first billing? Do we want to be able to get to the end of our lives and say, I won't sing the song. I did it my way. You get the idea. (coughs) Do we want that? I mean, deep within us, the sin nature in every one of us wants that. I did it my way. I made it. I didn't need anybody. And that's the epitome of pride. And humility says, there's no way I could do it. But Christ in me, here you go. And then Christ gets first billing. And Christ gets all the glory. Let's pray. Worship team, you can uh, come on up. Father, we thank you this morning that you have uh, granted us the inheritance of hope as believers that we've been able to flee to the hope set before us as the anchor of our souls, that we're prisoners of hope, that hope is within us, and Holy Spirit, you want to come in each one of us and you want to just shine a light on it, that that hope would so fill us and so spill out into the world that everywhere we go, people see Jesus in us, the hope of our glory. And I ask, Lord, that you would release it within us God, for those of us who for the first time this morning need to receive hope, bring conviction and power to believe. For those of us, Lord, who need to see uh, restoration of hope, we ask that you would give us grace and faith to flee to Jesus. And for those of us here, every one of us, in some way called to be releasers of hope, God, bubble in us this Christmas season that everyone will see Christ in us, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
the communion servers, if you could come forward. We'll take this time to remember the partnership to which Jesus has invited us. The partnership in his death and in his resurrection. So if you have committed your life to following Christ, you are a prisoner of hope. Then this morning you come forward and you take his body and his blood and you remember that he said, you're my partners in death and you'll be my partners in life. So when you are ready, uh, please come forward.